0: Shabbat Shalom to you all. It's a real joy to be here. The first time I was here was actually last year in 2020. I was still living in Israel at the time. It was for our emerging leaders gathering that Tikvat Israel hosted so incredibly well. We were so blessed. We had about, I think it was about 80, 85 emerging leaders and kids and I had a weekend of impartation and teaching, and it was a blessed time. So it was the first time that I was here, and I attended the service. I can't remember. I think it was David, actually, who gave the message that day, and his parents were here. It was a very special time. But this is the first time that I'm here to share a little of my story with you all and a little of why I moved from Israel back to the United States, which is bittersweet, to say the least, All my family's still over there so my parents and my two sisters and all of their you know my my nieces and nephews and everybody's still over there but here we are in the United States but God is good he's faithful and I'm so glad to see each of you some of you I've met if I haven't met you I encourage you to come up and introduce yourself After the service and for those who are watching online. I just say thank you for joining us this morning And we hope that you're blessed through the Word of God and a little of my testimony Uh, As David had mentioned I grew up at a very exciting time In American history and especially in Jewish history because there was an explosion in America partly connected to the Jesus movement, but of Jews who were coming to faith in Yeshua as the promised Messiah. It's not that Jews never believed in Jesus as the Messiah. And in fact, the early apostles, of course, were all Jewish. There was an explosion and revival of thousands making professions of their faith and walking in what was then called the way. But as an identifiable movement, this movement died out. There might have been pockets of communities in Europe and other places that continued to have believers in Jesus. But the reemergence of a modern movement where Jews would form congregations, worship together, observing their heritage. What my dad's phrase that he says that Jews who come to faith in Jesus are still called to live and identify as Jews. And so it was an amazing time and we started to see congregations planted in the 1960s and 70s that called themselves Messianic Jewish synagogues or Messianic Jewish congregations and so I grew up little tyke in an exciting environment we had a congregation with pews at at one point and it started to fill up with people even a balcony was filled with people. And they were a large percentage Jewish believers who had come and heard about what God was doing. And I just know, you know, I want to speak by faith over this community that God is going to bring revival again to Richmond. And that there is going to be a filling of these pews, not because we care so much about numbers, but where God breathes new life into this area for revival and even this balcony will be filled again by faith in yeshua's name hallelujah so i grew up my mom founded a messianic jewish day school so from first grade all the way through eighth grade i was trained in hebrew biblical hebrew a little bit of modern hebrew and learning uh, about the torah and covenants and it was an exciting time to to grow up in that even though as a kid you know you don't grasp school is school right and and i didn't just love going to school but looking back i say what an amazing opportunity it was to have a small class size with parents and teachers who coordinated to educate us as children and to ground us in the Word of God. It was an amazing thing. Aton Shishkov was one of my teachers. How many of you know Aton, who's in Israel? Wow, he was, he was one of the principals for a while. How many of you know Paul Wilbur? Paul Wilbur was one of my math teachers and music teachers. So this is the environment that I got such great education and long lifetime memories. But then that school um, didn't go through high school, so I went to an interdenominational church school that was a collaboration between Beth Messiah and other schools. How many of you know Asher Intrader? Asher Intrader was one of the principals of that school. This is the environment that I grew up in unfortunately due to many things not while Asher was leading it but the school closed down and I went from that point on to a Baptist high school so I went from a Messianic Jewish school to a charismatic uh, interdenominational school to a Baptist high school great experience good experience good friends And then I went to a charismatic college, Oral Roberts University, for my undergrad. And why did I choose Oral Roberts University? It was a very spiritual reason. They gave me more scholarship money. (laughs) I had originally applied to Messiah College and was all prepared to go there. And then Oral Roberts, about a month before the term started, says, hey, we got a hold of your SATs. We're going to give you X amount. And I was like, wow, that's so much more. Than what Messiah College is me, I'm I'm going there. Of course, we prayed about it. We we as a family, my parents and, and I prayed. We felt this was also a smiling and confirmation of the Lord. So we eventually made that move. And um what an incredible experience it is to be a part of a movement where there's a passion for the Lord and also the crazy that it attracts. Because if it was a lot of people who I'll give you an example my my roommates mother is a guidance counselor and was helping students new students to figure out what classes to take and so she's sitting in um, her office with the um, with one of these students and asking him about what classes he feels according to his aptitude his interests he'd like to take and he stops the meeting closes his eyes and turns away from her and starts praying and says, God, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. Should I take this? Yes. Okay. And then comes back and then says, I'm supposed to take math. And so she's thinking, okay, well, apparently he's going to be a math major. God has clearly made this the way. And so she starts going through the list of specific courses. And every time that she would ask him what he feels, he would turn away and start having this prayer meeting with the Lord. Well, I I pray that all of us can hear the Lord that clearly, right? But there were always you know people coming up and saying, I heard from the Lord that I'm supposed to marry you. Not me. But guys would go up to women and say, God's told me I'm supposed to marry you. Or you'd see the power of God. See, I don't want to give it only the negative. People were really hungry for a move of the Lord in that university. And among the student population, you would see amazing signs and wonders. You would see people repenting. But what I'm saying is that in that environment, you get the people who are in the flesh, and you get the people who are in the spirit, both together, and you have to learn how to discern. It was a very good experience. And so God gave me a real love for the whole body of messiah because that messianic experience the experience with the baptists the experience in interdenominational churches the experience in the charismatic movement and then coming back and being reconnected to my messianic jewish faith what a circle what a circle that was but in my life i did not get a seminary degree my original plan was not to go into the ministry does that surprise you And it might also surprise you that my dad never put pressure on me to become a minister. Not once. He wanted me to really seek the Lord and to walk in a destiny and calling that he recognized might not be the same calling that he had. He wanted me actually to play baseball professionally and to replace a guy, maybe you've heard of this name, Cal Ripken on the Baltimore Orioles he thought that was my destiny. So he put me in little leagues, was hoping that he could retire early by the money that I would make in the major leagues. But that that didn't happen. He was there for my first home run though, which is another amazing thing is my dad, even though he ministered all over the world and had a national influence, he was always there. He came to the most important things for my life he was there involved when i was having good times and hard times in school and relationships and so i think that is a lesson for all of us that there's nothing that we're doing that is too busy to pull us out of family and community and he taught me that lesson but i got a degree in business of all things i went to oral roberts university i didn't get a seminary degree i got a business degree they happen to have a very good business program and while there, I got a business degree and felt that God was calling me to sharpen administration and leadership skills because of what the body of believers really needed it was high integrity leadership and management. That it wasn't going to be these scandals happening where money was not treated appropriately or that the organization itself had gaps in how it was structured. So I said, oh, well, even if I come into ministry later, at least I can go into the business world for a while and really learn this. And I worked, as soon as I got to college, for some of the best organizations. I worked, one of the, the last ones I worked for was Toyota. And, um, and they brought in the best leadership trainers teaching about biblical principles really that are just applied in the secular working environment but are grounded in scripture learned how to communicate effectively, learned how to lead teams, learned how to uh, encourage and exhort people within the work environment to be better, to achieve their potential. What a great experience. And then it was in 2009 that um, the Lord put it on the heart of the Tikkun International Board, and at that time it was uh, men like... um Don Finto, who was on the board, how many of you know who Don Finto is? He was a lead pastor over at uh, Belmont Church, and had still served us on the board. And Eitan Shishkov, Asher, different people. And as they were praying, they said, "Who is going to take over the executive leadership of Tikkun International now that all of us have moved over to Israel?" And it was unanimous. They said, "God put it on our heart to approach Ben." And to ask him if he would leave his job in Florida and come work for Tikkun International. And that's how I got involved. So that's back in 2009 that I started entering the ministry. But from that business side of things, even though it's a spiritual exercise, it was still primarily in the executive leadership. Now, Tikkun International... Um, did several things. And this is helpful for you because you're connected as a congregation that's a Tikkun America congregation to know your family, right? To know about your family and your roots. Tikkun International was established to send Eitan Shishkov and Asher Intrader to Israel. And it was a mission sending agency, which means we received donations, funding, support for them, processed it according to the 501c3 regulations, and then sent it over to them in a way that served them. So they had bank accounts and other practical logistics of how money needed to be handled, and we did that. We processed newsletters for them. We established a teaching magazine so that they could share their heart. And other Ministers started to do this as well. Mark Chapinski who passed away a few years ago was one that was sent Moshe Morrison up in Baltimore, Maryland was another so many different leaders started to connect to this vision to make Aliyah to return to the land of Israel and as they did that Tikkun International was the base of the United States support that that sent them and for many years that was all that Tikkun international was but before Asher and and Aton left, they were part of Beth Messiah Congregation in Maryland. And at Beth Messiah, they um, had a vision. They said God is calling us to create an apostolic ministry, not to join another stream, but to represent a healthy messianic Jewish apostolic fivefold ministry. And so uh, it was funny how it happened. They were walking in a in a field somewhere and Asher had this really urgent vision for this and he said, "Dan, you'll be our apostle. And I will be the prophet. And and Aton Shishkov, you will be the pastor." And if you know these guys, this is exactly how they operate. Uh with Aton Shishkov being such a pastoral loving father of fathers. And my dad with this government anointing and organizing people towards their destiny. And then uh, Asher with this prophetic teaching. And so that's what they did. And they formed Beth Messiah Apostolic Ministries. And they started to plant congregations. They started to equip leaders, bringing leaders from different regions in for training. And so since Tikkun International existed as an office at that time, they said well wouldn't it be great if we could have some synergy and and economies of scale and the same administrative team that serves this international effort will also serve the tikkun America Network and so that's what they did they they, they formed what was called tikkun America which represented the congregational family based in the United States that would grow as a shared values family network under fivefold leadership and now I'm skipping ahead to today today we have 27 congregations in tikkun America in North America and Mexico so one in Mexico the rest in North America and just to give you an idea of the growth in 2012 we had 16 congregations so from 2012 10 years we've almost doubled And I'm hoping that, you know, within the years that we continue to plant, we continue to see and develop leaders, and that more congregations are coming, not for size, but as God begins to breathe life on what we shared values we hold, that there will be multiplication that comes as a result of that. Now, I do have a message today. I wanted to get you to know a little bit about me and my story before I jumped into it. But I want you to know that Tikkun America exists because we bring values together that not many organizations collect. Some might have this value or that value, but when you look at the the major things that we bring together, there are very, very few communities that share these things. But we believe that they are kingdom of God principles. So what are they? I'll, I'll give you a few of them. Number one, we do believe that the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom. And even though the kingdom has come, it's it's not fully realized yet. It's already, but not yet full. But our job is to bring kingdom order in whatever sphere of life we're placed. So wherever we go, we represent as ambassadors of the kingdom his righteousness, his order, his love, his call to repentance. And we can do that in whatever job, whatever vocation, whatever place we're we're found in. Number two, we believe in the centrality of elevating Yeshua as the Messiah. So even though we have the liturgy and connection to our heritage and our people, we want to make sure that we represent Jesus preeminent, seated at the right hand of the throne, and to give him honor through all the things that we do, that we give him worship. Now... There might be congregations that uh, Yeshua is kind of an asterisk. At the end of the service, they won't say we might believe in Yeshua, but we want to make sure that he's throughout the entire entire uh, mode of being, not just through the service, but in our lives and our representation of him. Um, I, I touched on this earlier. Another value is our love for the whole church. Yes, it's messy. Yes, different denominations have things that they agree with or don't agree with but God loves the body and at some point we're gonna recognize that even though there are these different streams of this denominations there is one body of Messiah and so we want to pursue unity wherever it may be found there may be those that we can't agree on some serious issues but what are those things of agreement What are those things of prayer? What are those things of relational support that we can come alongside the church locally, regionally, even nationally, and pray and see God bring revival to our nation again in our communities? And so we stand for that. So another element that's very, very high value is what accountability is in the kingdom of God. Now, we don't believe in the royal pastor model for congregational living which means that you have one leader at the top who's authoritative and everything that that pastor does, touch not God's anointed, and they, they lead with an iron fist. Now, even if you're benevolent, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble because if that leader falls into sin... They might be a nice person but if there's no structure in place to bring correction to remove that leader or to bring that leader to a process of restoration it can be very dangerous for the community but guess what we don't believe in royal apostolic and prophetic leaders either so even when we talk about apostolic ministry it's a service to the body for equipping, as it says in Ephesians 4, that all of these gifts that God has given for leadership are to lay our lives down to see everyone else fulfill their calling and destiny in the Lord. And it's not about one person. We believe not only in our team that we bring correction to each other, but the pastors and eldership council that we've established can bring correction to us, and even you all have the ability to bring up concerns and complaints, both to our team, but if if it doesn't go there, it can go outside to other apostolic teams that we're accountable to. So we believe in multiple layers of healthy accountability so that we can all stay on course in fulfilling God's plan for the kingdom as much as we can. And finally, I'll mention this one. There's many more, but I just want you to get excited about what we're doing. Um, This alignment with Israel is so key and important. Not only did we send our fathers from Tikkun over there, and they're building and planting and living in the land, but there's something spiritual about the seat of the government of the kingdom when it comes down to earth again or when it's renewed, that it will be from Jerusalem. And so as a movement, as a network, we're looking to Jerusalem, to the leaders, to the apostolic um, revival of what God is doing in the land. And we're saying, how can we get in alignment with that? How can we partner with it? How can we stand and pray for that? And I think that's a very special thing. We have relationships there, but we're also saying, God, what are you doing in the spirit? And how can we walk even though we're a sister network, they have different structures, but we're walking with you as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? All right. Maybe I'll share next time a little bit more about how I met my wife. I have a wife and three amazing children. We're in Jacksonville, Florida now. Why Jacksonville? That was a miracle that God called us to Jacksonville, and Jews are starting to move to Jacksonville, which is also neat because I didn't know this when I moved there, but it's the eighth fastest growing city in the whole United States that area and you know where they're coming from New York California where they happen to have larger Jewish populations and so not not the religious community but the usually the secular Jewish communities are the ones who are trickling down and this is really uh, going to provide an opportunity for for witness for relationship so we're very excited about that but my wife um she's Guatemalan And a miracle story of how God called us together she had already been attending Beth Messiah congregation when I came back from college and I'll save that one for next time because it's an amazing story and I don't want to cut it short Um, and then I have three children a daughter who will be 21 next week 21 what happens she's down in college in um, in Boca Raton and then I have a son who'll be 19 in January Nathan and then another son who's 14 so we we are all down in the Jacksonville area we have great relationship you can pray for our kids and our family Um, but it's so good to be with you all right I have a very short 15-minute message so I wanted to give a little introduction first and then I wanted to also seek the Lord so father I just pray that as I share this brief message that you will just bless this community. We pray, Father, for a new wave of your spirit in this place, a new breath of life, a new infusion of joy, a new vision, Lord God, to continue to go forward from uh, Tigvat, Israel, and into the surrounding area, Lord God. I thank you for David Wine and his wife. I pray that you would just continue to give them clarity, as they pray and lead this community, the eldership. Lord God, just continue to bless them and help establish your word this morning in Yeshua's name. Amen.